0: I heard an old, old story how a savior came from glory, how he gave his life on Calvary and he saved a wretch like me. I heard about his groaning of his precious blood's atoning. And on that happy day, I repented of my sin and I won the victory, a victory in Jesus. My savior forever sought me and he bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me, yeah, I knew it. <laughs> All my love is doing, he plunged me. And I got victory beneath that cleansing flood. If you're still a blood Christian, I dare you to notify hell. Now thank heaven. I said now thank heaven. <laughs> Woo! Cat named Stephen Covey wrote a book called The Seven Habits of Highly Successful People. It's a good book. You should read it three or four times. In it, he says something very profound and I believe prophetic. He, he said the main thing, preacher, mom, dad, teenager, the main thing is to keep the main thing, the main thing. Hallelujah. Man, it's good to see y'all. I've been waiting on you since last year. I'm so glad to see you. I don't know if you've ever heard this before, but silence is the language of defeat and shouting. Shouting is the language of victory, clapping is the language of authority, Phil Driscoll taught me that, Phil Driscoll taught me that, Miss Debra, how many souls do you win this week here in Columbus? Over 600 souls in the streets of this city in a week with those Valor Christian college interns. Tongues is the language of the Holy Ghost. Oh, you got quiet on that one. You full of the Holy Ghost? Prove it. I can't hear you. (laughs) Repentance is the language of revival. Oh, that went over big. Division, which is all the current culture wants to do to you. If you can look around you right now and see three people with a different color skin than yours, shout now. No, keep shouting. You can't legislate that. You can't quota that. I wish I had some shouting up in here. Because division is the language of weakness. But agreement, that's the language of strength. So look at somebody next to you right now and say, I'm agreeing for your miracle and I don't mean maybe. God told me last night, three preachers in this room going to be flying their own airplane within the next three years. God told me that. I said, God told me that. 2023 is a year when agreement is of the utmost necessity. You can tell what God wants to do in the kingdom by watching the devil's offensive in the realm of the spirit. When he wants to divide, it's a signal God wants to unite. So find somebody a different color of skin than yours and slap them a holy ghost high five and shout unto god with the voice of triumph here we go i look at you my 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 one chase a thousand two put ten thousand to flight, three chase a million four chase Okay, I'm going to say some stuff tonight. I'm going to say some stuff. God didn't bring me back from the dead to play with it. That's my favorite song. Somebody testify. Because eight years ago, I called the godmother of my children in a floor of my home dying. She knew I was dying too. So did my family. She got a hold of the horns of the altar and here I am eight years later. Why do you shout? Cause I can. I testify. I I testify. Look at your neighbor and say, I got a testimony. <laughs> but you ain't got time for it right now. Sit down and find a Bible. Start bringing your Bible to church. Preachers don't even bring their Bible to church. What do you think we're working from? Well, I got it on my phone. God didn't leave us a phone. He left us a book. That's the reason your children don't read and play on ticky-tack or whatever the thing is. Get a Bible. Mark it up. See this down here? That's the first Bible that I ever preached from. The pages And all the edges about that far end have disappeared from the perspiration of my hands. Most of it you can't read because I've written in it over and over and over and over. What's that song you just wrote? This Bible I own. I want to know some of the words to it. It's my camp meeting yeah tell me some of the words to it stained and faded stained and faded
1: i'd never trade it as timeless as water and stone as timeless
0: as water and stone
1: torn and battered it doesn't matter the only priceless thing that I'll pass on,
0: this Bible alone. Sing that verse again. No, no, just wait a minute. Now we, we used to do this on that platform right there, 13 years. Dr. Oral Roberts pulled us aside. I was preaching at the Maybe Center and Clint was always there with me. And Dr. Oral Roberts said, I have never seen two men, more in the spirits of each other than the two of you on a platform. That's pretty high praise. But I'd just be preaching along and he'd do that. I'd say this is my Bible. It's the oak of God planted in the forest of eternity entwining its roots around the rock of ages. Far better people than you and I have piddled their head upon it in their dying hour. Don't let anyone ever take this book from you. Let them take your home. I preached this in the former Soviet Union, the first sermon ever preached in a gospel crusade after 70 years of the Bible being banned. I said, don't let them ever take that book out of your hand again. Let them take your home. Let them take all your possessions. Let them take your food and your water. Because if you take the right man, and he's got that book in his hand yeah. he can get all that back yeah. but if he loses that book yeah. and then he'd start singing
1: stained and faded i'd never trade it as timeless as water and stone torn and back. Doesn't matter. The only priceless thing that I'll pass on this
0: Bible I own. You know, I ran with a crowd a full generation ahead of me. I I didn't I didn't you know I didn't know and and watch. Dr. Lester Sumrall or Dr. Oral Roberts or the great R.W. Schambach or any of the, E.V. Hill, G.E. Patterson. I didn't, I didn't like watch them from afar. That's who I preached with in my 20s and 30s. They were all double my age. And now I'm the old guy. I like it. I like seeing my kids, I like seeing shaking nations. Have you found first Peter chapter two? I thought I told you, maybe I didn't. In your thirties, you're gathering. Between 30 and 60, you're using what you gather. 60 and beyond, you have no other calling than to take everything God's put in you and find those you're supposed to put it in. I'm glad you're here. I love you very, very, very much. I give honor to Dr. Wendell Hutchins, the Assistant General Overseer of City Harvest Network. Stand up and let these folks say hello to you. Every city harvest network, pastor and ministry, we bless you, we love you, and we give God glory for you. First Peter chapter 2 and verse 10. Now it won't take me long to read it. It's very simple. In times past, you were a people. In times past, you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Look at somebody next to you and say, don't be startled. But you it. You're all God's God. Tonight, I want to take a little journey with you and then we'll move on. I want you to go with me. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about Revival If, but it's not from the book because I've written two books since I released that one. I'll show you about it in a little bit. I want to take you to the panhandle of Oklahoma. I want you to see the raggedy remnants of a farm in 1939. It's the Dust Bowl of the Great Depression, a leather-faced farmer and his frail little wife stand there side by side on a porch of a wood-framed shack half up to the windows in dust. They scan a landscape, landscape so so barren, so bleak, so flat, so featureless that they can see for 50 miles. And they've seen nothing for the last miserable eight years. Standing beside them, the little ragamuffin barefoot children in tattered flower sack dresses. You remember flower sack dresses, darling? My sister wore this dress made out of a flower sack. For those of you that don't know, it ain't always been like this. And James Payne, not the only one that understands the bad end of poverty. And any preacher that will tell you that poverty is a blessing is a liar. Because the book said, and the book is right, and they're wrong, poverty is a curse. They search. Their parents withered, weary, bone-weary parents for any sign of hope or encouragement. Well, it was April 14, 1935, Black Sunday, naturally, that dealt the final deadening blow. A cry from one of those children somewhere in that ramshack of a building came running out, At five o'clock in the evening, screaming at the top of her lungs, the parents rushed out to see what was happening and approaching from the north, they saw a churning wall of black dust devouring everything in its sight. Birds fell from the sky. Jackrabbits suffocated in the grip of the relentless rolling wall of dirt. That storm contained 600 million pounds of topsoil in the air. Y'all been choking over a little bit of... We've had that smoke, you know, and everybody complained. 600 million pounds floating in the air, carried on an angry north wind. Well, the storm, like all storms do, the miracle is not when that the storm passes. The miracle is when it passes. Thousands of their neighbors packed up and abandoned all hope of rain or relief, but not this God-fearing church-going family. They dug out again. They continued waiting. They continued watching. They continued praying for three long angry years more and the rains continued to desert them now they're beyond desperate a few weeks ago they dug james into that hard clay earth again and sowed every seed again with salted tears and whispered prayers during that afternoon's front porch vigil something was different They both see it at exactly the same time and it's real. They rub their weary eyes and they look again and there it is, it's a line of clouds, purple, white, magenta, gray, pink, is rolling in and suddenly they can actually Uh, they can actually begin to smell the moisture floating in that air. A Celebration, weeping and laughing, jumping and leaping, and shouting erupts on that dusty porch just inside, just through that torn screen door on a table by a worn-out chair. The little, little lamb lying open a King James version of the Bible with two verses from the second chapter of the book of Joel underlined neatly in pencil. Be glad then, you children of Zion, for he will cause to come down for you the rain that the former rain and the latter rain, I need a Christian that knows what I'm talking about, all together in the same month. Now I share all this because the nation and the church that I love is standing right now in the perfect circumference of the center of another kind of drought. This one is a drought of the Holy Ghost. That's our dust bowl. Dusty churches and dusty pews and dusty people and dusty preachers and dusty songs and dust. I didn't mean to talk about your church. A nation withers and shrivels fully embracing postmodern relativism, sexual hedonism. That's just in the church. And a pantheon of idols. That's the church we're living. In. We worship our worship. We praise our praise we perform our preaching. Our nation has now become nothing but a desolate desert that was once history's greatest garden of human flourishing for the kingdom of God and of his Christ. The rain we so desperately need tonight has a name. It's called revival but it hits modern ears as hopelessly old-fashioned, outlandishly outdated. Revival. 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 I, I, I remember when many of the people that used to give me advice of what to do on 14,000 television stations and an airtime bill of over $1 million a week. I said, I want to have a revival meeting. They said, don't use that word. That conjures up the wrong idea. Uh, There was a movie called Elmer Gantry. He was a revivalist and the entire body of Christ had the gift of evangelist wiped out of it. Everybody became a pastor. No wonder we had so many failures. Evangelist can't pastor. Surely, it, it's, it's beyond noticeable right now, surely that there will be no help coming forth from politicians. Or I love this one, influencers. You know what an influencer is? Somebody that got famous for doing nothing. You ask them why they're famous? Cause I'm famous. Can't spell, but they famous. Can't read, but they're famous. Never created anything in their life, but they're famous. They got lots of friends. I ain't got no help in here. Jesus. Jesus. I don't want y'all to tighten up on me now. Surely it's obvious by now that no answer will be forthcoming from the media, from celebrities, from politicians, from the self-described people of science. Wear a mask. Don't wear a mask. Wear two masks. Masks don't help. Take the shot. Get two shots. Have five. Drink this, shoot that. I don't know if anybody's gonna to shout tonight or not. Pundits and pollsters and prognosticators jabber away on every platform. All truthless prophets of doom peddling in the dynamic, demonic spirit of fear doing nothing but manipulating the unthinking, undiscerning masses into the perpetuation of their own perversions. 30 centuries ago, folks call me old fashioned. 30 centuries ago during the reign of King Solomon the living God Almighty wrote down a prescription for the disease of spiritual and moral famine that has infected and affected us at this very moment of human history. Second Chronicles 7.14's ten divisions are instructive. If my people called by my name now here's what I wrote Revival Live about will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then will I hear from heaven forgive their sin and heal their land Shout if because I'm, I'm not gonna bother with those four. No, I gotta go somewhere else tonight. Is that okay? Everybody shout, if. Yeah. I left these three out of the book so I could share it with you. If. 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 Yeah. if. Yeah. Listen now with great, great intensity as our Father utters that two letter qualifier that. Contingency connector. This takes away the modern spirit of blaming everybody else for everything. You can be seated. shouted again. If. The promises of God are not only yes and amen to those that believe, but they are great contingencies. You don't believe me? God says, I'll do this. The modern church doesn't like this now. God said, I'll do this for you if you do that. Stop asking God to do what he already decided to do and put you in charge of it. You ain't got no help in here tonight. The conditions of God are always based upon our obedience to his directives. We're not wandering aimlessly out here. We're not mice in a maze. We've got the road map. What keen attention. What laser Focus is warranted when the commander of heaven's angel armies presents an immutable probability backed by his infallible omniscience and flawless integrity. When he who came from Taman, nothing and nowhere, stood upon nothing for there was nothing to stand upon according to habakkuk chapter 3 hung the earth on nothing put the oceans in their boundaries turn the whole business spinning in two different directions, rotating and revolving, pointed his omnipotent finger at the whole blue marble mess and said, don't spill a drop. He spoke the entire universe, brimming and overflowing with spinning galaxies. And then pointed to us that he was not only the cause, but the effect of a changeless connection. If, if Genesis two, there's a tree in the midst of the garden. If, if, if you eat, You'll die. John three, sixteen. If you believe, then you receive eternal life. John 15. If you abide in Christ and his words abide in you, you shall ask anything you want, and then it will be given to you. Revelation 2, if you do not repent, then you will endure great tribulation. Revelation 22, if you come to Christ, then you'll eat of the tree of life and enter the new Jerusalem. If. If, mm, second division, my people. Did you ever notice that there's some of his church in every church, but ain't no church all his church? You want me to say it again? Was it too fast? There's some of his church in every church, but ain't no church all his church. There's always wheat growing among the tares. At my age, questions begin to haunt you, keep you up at night. And that one has been digging at me for over four months. Who are? I've been pastoring 47 years. I don't look any worse for the wear, do I? 47 years. I've been married to the same Joni for 35 years. My children serve God with every fiber of their being. So I asked myself, Dr. Lowe, I said, who are God's people? Because I see stuff every day that makes me wonder. And anybody that's pastored for more than 15 minutes and more than three people knows exactly what I'm talking about. Or if you've observed preachers, you for sure know what I'm talking about. The greatest pastoral gift I ever knew has a son. His son's name is Joel Osteen. You know him. But his daddy, John Osteen, was the greatest pastoral gift I was ever privileged to know. I I never knew such a man. You say, well, what about Brother Sumrall? Well, his primary gift was not pastoring. His primary gift was apostolic. His secondary gift was evangelism as a missionary. He was in his third role as a pastor. But Brother Osteen was a pastor, just in the dictionary. Pastor. There's his picture. And he said this to me in his little, little, uh, uh, what's that, uh, uh, little cardigan sweater. I've started wearing them myself. (laughs) Little cardigan sweater. He patted me on the knee, and he said, Rod, the world has become so churchy. And the church has become so worldly, I can barely tell the difference. Hello. I've had just about enough of preacher's wives in their bikinis as I can take. You say it doesn't matter. You don't have a Bible. I'm not a legalist and I don't believe in eternal security and I don't believe in eternal insecurity. But I know this, if, then, biblical Christianity has been renamed, rebranded, neglected, abandoned, just a relic on the ash heap of a culture-pleasing, user-friendly emerging church. All I see emerging is a mere shadow of the true gospel. And it is powerless modern pulpit jockeys misguided in morality deficient in doctrine and derelict to their duty speak in silly smiling juvenile tones about everything except what the head of the church said justly warrants the greatest emphasis arguably the greatest preacher of the 19th century, Charles Haddon Spurgeon said this, let eloquence be flung to the dogs. And you think I'm graphic. Let eloquence be flung to the dogs rather than souls be lost. What we want is to win souls and they are not to be won by flowery speeches. I at least ought to have preachers shouting. There's a proliferation of preachers professing to be Pentecostal, but their poverty of power exposes them and their full gospel. Gospel preaching's purpose has never been to collect a crowd or to pacify the people. It's entirely possible and biblically probable to have less attenders and greater anointing. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I want to invite you to tell someone in your life about the podcast at rodparsley.com. God bless you now, and I hope you'll listen again soon.